All right, and we're coming to you live from a road somewhere. We're still in the desert. We're not exactly sure. We've been in traffic for three days. Uh, the good news is only two of us have Ebola, but we finally made it out of Black Rock City, and I think it's official to say Burning Man 2023 is over, but it will be with us for a long time. Unfortunately, the uh, art installation that drew the most attention this past weekend, week, time's all blended together. I'm not exactly sure what month it is anymore. Uh, whoever thought it was a good idea to pay homage because of the proximity of dates to uh, to this most uh, oh, infamous yeah. of dates, uh, whoever thought it was a good idea to build two giant towers right behind the giant titular burning man... Um, it turns out that uh, that really didn't go over as well. It didn't. It didn't fly, if you will, in the same way that they were hoping it would. Um, although maybe that is ultimately more poetically accurate. We uh, we reserve comment here as a, a strictly journalistic news source, but we uh, we endeavored to uh, get the facts, as it were, and attend what has turned out to be one of the most um, distinctive of all of all Burning Man's. So. Again, the man has been burnt. Uh, like I said, only two of our seven staff did contract Ebola, or it might have just been COVID-19, or maybe they're just still dealing with being on too many mushrooms. We're really not sure. They seem to have lost the ability to speak, and we can't tell what, uh, what disease that might be a symptom of. But we are trying to get them help as fast as we can. Ironically, we are directly behind an ambulance, but it turns out that when we went to ask if there was a doctor in the ambulance, it was just seven sorority uh, sorority members who had bought it with one of their mother's um, weekly allowance. So no help there, but we're doing our best. We're on the road now and moving at an average of about two miles per hour. So hopefully within the month, we'll have them the medical care that they need. In the meantime, we have uh, we have some guests that we met over the weekend in the camper with us, and we're going to start interviewing them now. So thank you for bearing with us, and uh, we look forward to this conversation. Yeah, folks, uh, welcome to a special episode of, of Cork Taint. This is the special Cork Taint interview. Uh, so, you know, we've been trying to get some wine producers on the on the show for a while. Um, and, you know, with mixed, mixed uh, you know, success, I would say, uh, mostly meaning uh, failure. But... Uh, but really, we landed a pretty big one this time. Uh, kind of went from zero to 100 in this one. We have with us the winemaker from uh, Domaine de la Romane Conti uh, today. Um, and he's going to tell us uh, how, to, how to make it. It's the reincarnation um, of Robert Mondavi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first thing you need to understand is, is the French way is the only way. Ça, c'est bon. Tous les choses pour Romane Conti. Do you not agree? <laughs> does that trans that I, uh, my French is rusty. Does that does that translate to uh, we've never uh, we've never won a war? Nice, got his ass, got his fucking ass. We can say that antique rifles dropped once, never been fired. Nice, <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say you guys have swung for the fences for sure. Um, bringing up a, a slugger from the. Uh, most reputable wine region probably in the world, Virginia. Louisville. Oh, okay. So yeah, Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, guys. Co- correct yeah, me if I'm wrong, yeah. but well, your uh, your general region boasts such such labels as uh, Trump Family Wines. Oh hell. Yeah. Oh, indeed, as well as uh, Father of American Wines. Oh, that's. <laughs> we got we got a couple of good ones. Would that be Thomas Jefferson. They that that's what they claim. He's the guess. daddy of America. Mm. 
Daddy. He was the daddy, daddy. of uh, many things. <laughs> the, the first yeah, American song. Things. <laughs> wow, yeah. I really uh, was hoping so to go a little American harder Psalm on The tradition really <clears throat> remains, uh, remains uh, consistent throughout its entire history. In, in, in what sense? Um, uh, I was uh, sexual assault. <laughs> Spread across the entire <laughs> roadmap with no clear idea of what came from where. Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, grandiose ideas and way blown out of proportion uh, self-importance. Nice. Here, Robbie, I don't think I ever told you there's a uh, Boone knows. <laughs> he knows about this, but there was a um there's an airport um near uh near near me uh where on the there was a day uh you know oh, I guess to commemorate yeah. um aviation um that it happens to occur on September 11th, uh, and it's called Just Plain Fun Day. <laughs> and and they, uh, yeah, no, it's not a joke. It's like for kids to go fly planes around like an airport, and people do aerial tricks or something like that. But well, I isn't guess it RC planes? Like, I think it's RC planes, but I think they also had some real planes. But I don't know if Oof. they had big paper mache twin towers to to take down. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they passed around box cutters, you know, just as little souvenirs or what, but yeah, they should have. Uh, it's the only, uh, the only aviation event where none of the planes are equipped with a black box. Yeah, that's good. That's to be, good. you know, historically accurate. Yeah. Just one yeah. of the planes we, just drops, uh, drops kind of like leafleting, but they just drop a bunch mm-hmm. of passports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Into a field in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an empty field. Just there's just an hour that's reserved for people calling their loved ones and <laughs> just acting as though they're on a on a flight that they don't expect to get off of. Yeah, and just just a, this sounds like a grim new kind of amusement. A certain yeah. children's Theme book park. that's really just read the entire time. Yeah. And, <laughs> what uh, was that? What was that book like? Was it something like a uh, goat goes to the amusement park or something? Goat goes something on a, like something it was with about a goat, a goat yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A goat that flew a plane into the twin towers i think is what it was about oh yeah 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 and it was at the, about the goat who failed to or, or unsuccessfully bomb the world trade center i guess they'd successfully bombed but it didn't really go according to plan yeah sort uh, of a win yeah a little a little win a little lose scenario on that one but anyway yes we I got a friend that runs a company called goat busters and uh, goat busters? He, always, he always said that the <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh you know you got kudzu goat busters that's who you call Nice. But the deal Who is, you gonna call? You know, he he was explaining to me how when when he first got the goats, it was just kind of pets and stuff, and he got the whole idea because they kept on breaking into his house. He was building and eating the drywall <laughs> that he had just put up on the basement, so he'd have to keep putting drywall up every single day. And finally, he got them corralled and came up with this idea that the way to do this is to have a, that's a, a goat buster. Yeah, that's and so, so he started making good, making more goats and. You know, and started this business clearing land for people. Looks no, like not, we're gonna have not, to make some end, more goats. Not that anyone, not I, that I anyone believes to... the official report, but it, it it is claimed in there that uh, goats during construction of the World Trade Center's goats getting in and eating all the drywall was actually what led to the structural insecurity of those buildings. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say yeah. the way that it collapsed, they were there were goats on each of the floors. There must have been. The well, they say you know, um, jet fuel. Strategic. Yeah, jet fuel can't melt steel beams, but they it can melt steel beams that have been chewed by goats. Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah. can't so. melt steel beams, but goats can chew right through those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you saw the Time magazine photos with the 
goats falling through the air. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Those goats were at free fall speed. Like it's that's the thing that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Many, really many agricultural engineers have uh, staked their reputations on claiming that there's no way that those goats could have <laughs> could have been there if it wasn't. Uh, planned in advance. Well, the, yeah. the the point of the the point of the Ghostbuster Goatbuster story <laughs> is that this guy told me who started this business that you know if sheep are God's children, then then what are goats? And I think he's really getting at that they may have been on that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying it's possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The goats also known as the children of Al Qaeda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, some people say it's a rough. Which is my favorite new band, the, actually. Yeah, Children of Al Qaeda. Children of Al Qaeda. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little. It's hard getting them off the ground a little bit, you know. But they're, they'll get there. They're not going to well, back down. Change. It's hard thing. getting them back on the ground. That's the uh, yeah. famous <laughs> hey, terrible oh. landing the planes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're at the gate with some good stuff today, aren't we? This is going to be our least <laughs> controversial episode. I don't. This wasn't planned to be a Patreon one, but I think we should. Uh, <laughs> no, should, no, uh, no, no, no. Should redirect our like, flight uh, path if you take my meaning. <laughs> now, there's a couple, a couple of producers who have been like, basically, are like waiting for us to send them an episode that we've done with other producers to see if they should come on or not. And I think there's a couple of them where I'm like, hey, I think you'll enjoy this. And this is perfect. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So. No, we're. Woo! Yeah. So, Robert, you were telling me how you so, worked with um, uh, that fucking the fucking guy at the at that. That that shithole place in Italy, right? What's that guy's name? That guy. That guy. El, El Maestro. El Maestro. Yeah. <laughs> the Propaganda Due Lodge. No. Um, oh. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I I think I think that you you touched on a kind of an interesting thing though, like or or your friend did with regards to you know personality and whether this you know you you have to be a real jerk to have something like that happen. Oh, I to see. You. Yes, yes, yes. However, there's there was all these politics involved at that time. Mm-hmm. And you almost kind of wonder if that guy was paid, too. That's true. Folks, we're so talking it's, about S O L D E R A. This is more of like a thing for the audience where they're trying to guess, if, you know, see if they know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about, honestly. So, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, so um, Robert here, he, in, in a, at a former profession, Former place of work, which uh, of which I have no to no to which I have no connection. Um, as part of that, he had the opportunity to work with um, Mr. Mr. Soldera, which uh, is probably probably the most highly sought out and like I guess singular wine made out of Sangiovese. Would you say is that fair? I think that's pretty fair. It would be between him and Biondi Santi, I would mm-hmm. guess. But then people say it has to be Biondi Santi of old. Mm-hmm. That's fair, but uh, but yeah. So b- prior to air, we were sort of talking about. I asked, like, do you think? Did you? Uh... All right. So I guess I'll I go mean, a couple I, steps I ha- back. Yeah. No. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I had some pretty cool opportunities meeting a number of different, you know, ultra well-known producers over there, and he did come off as one of the most grandfatherly of them all. Which, and I don't know. I mean, I always thought that. Uh, you know, my, my Asian heritage keeps a very youthful face. So I think he really thought I was younger than I really was. And there's there's some great joy I think some of these people take in, in training the youth, which 
I thoroughly appreciate. Nice. And hang on to the youth as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean these people? That's what I would like to really to nail down. Do you mean people that have already achieved great success? Okay. Don't want to just okay. share it with anybody. Oh, else okay, say. okay, great, 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 great. Yeah. Nice. I thought he meant these people. I mean, that's just meant a general children. impression of the world. I get. Yeah. The children of Al Qaeda. Yeah, the children. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. So yeah, what I had asked previously. Basically, someone had said, uh, actually, I'll get rid of the he said, she said. I'll just delete this portion of that. But um, I asked, like, you know, working with somebody like that, did you learn, you know, like, was it like a a cool opportunity just to work with somebody like that? And it was like, oh, he's a grandfatherly type of guy. Or did you learn, like, kind of practical things um, that you you would apply to, to what you do now? And the answer, as it probably should have been, was both. Right. And, uh... Yeah, we were getting ready to talk about that. We decided not to. Yeah, <laughs> right away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- there was there was definitely plenty of practical knowledge being shared, which you know it's pretty rare opportunity to get that uh, at all at any winery when you go and visit them in the middle of process because everybody's running around too fast to sit down and explain everything. But you know, he has a magnitude of thirty or forty workforce over there, so. You can take some time with the guests when they're there, I suppose. But, you know, there, there was a lot that I think I learned and a lot I had to kind of see how it really applied to specifically his situation and may not apply to my situation necessarily. And one of the first prime examples of that is, you know, thinking about all of those Piemonte producers and even the traditional Tuscan producers with those great big fermenters that they use. They they only have certain options for managed cap management, for example, and you can't you can't do the simpler things, you probably can't even do a punch down with with a with a tank capacity of that size, and that's one of the things that I, I, I discussed with him for a while and kind of argued with him about a little bit, which was how pump overs were considered more gentle than other means of managing a, managing a cap. Uh, and he insisted that a pump over, you're pumping liquid, and what could be softer than liquid touching the berries? Uh, but in my mind, the the juice is really going through a, a rough situation, running through the pump and getting splashed around quite so aggressively. So, you know, it it didn't really necessarily apply to his situation to suggest any other method of doing that, though. You know, it's in, I can't imagine taking a 160 hectoliter tank and trying to figure out how to wet the cap, so to speak. He wasn't planning Maybe on getting pneumatic punch down tools installed or anything? I don't think that that's the kind of place that's doing that. <laughs> I mean, he had some conveyors. He had a pretty fancy uh, distemmer. But yeah, I, I suppose the pneumatic punch down tool would be the thing. But even still, you're, you you got to be those conical vats are, are they're not a one by one ratio. No, they're yeah. like one by three or one by four, or whatever. And they're super tall. And I know he doesn't fill them up all the way necessarily, but certainly I can't imagine even standing over the thing, you know, doing the 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 pump over over there. The gas coming off the top of the little wooden door the little wooden opening because he doesn't even use the open top ones it's pretty intense oh so it's just the style with just the little the little like porthole at the top yeah wooden man man door on the top no yeah i can't really (laughs) imagine how else you would pump over seem like the only option you'd really have Right. So, so what do you do? You convince yourself that that's the best one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, I don't know what the best one is, but I'm guessing that from my experience there, the takeaway would be, you know, you got to adjust for your container size for sure. Have you ever, uh, have you ever worked somewhere where you've used a pulse air machine? I have not. I don't know what that is. I, I, 
Is that electric? I've never used one either. No, it's a. It's sort of a. It's essentially like a modified air compressor. So it you hook it up to a tank, and it kind of does a uh, a punch down from below, where it pushes air up through the ferment to pop the cap from underneath. Oh. And you kind of set it up so that it breaks the cap up. Uh, it like sends air in to break the cap up, so the stuff sinks down, and you you do a punch down that way. But it's it's designed for like really really big tanks. Um, and I think they mostly use them uh, at facilities where they have you know uh, enormous enormous capacity. yeah thousand gallon tanks full of must you know and they're must pumping everything and stuff like that. Um, but that's most most people most people I've talked to who work with that kind of volume. Uh, and don't want to be doing just pump overs on that stuff all the time. That's kind of the other option um, that they have at that size. But you wouldn't really want to. Yeah, I, I, if you have the time, I feel like a pump over is a more you can be more uh, judicious with it. I suppose would be the. And you don't you don't punch a bunch of oxygen into the ferment um, from below. Just just pure air. You're you're you know using the juice yeah what um, do they use it's compressed it's just compressed air pulled out of the environment or they're i believe so i i doing yeah. it with co2 or nitrogen or something I, I suppose you could hook it up to a, a nitrogen tank or something like that um but i've like i said i've not used one personally but that's what but something i've heard tell of i know a few people at big old big oh. old facilities and they're they talk about that all the time and i'm like well that sounds uh gross i don't want to deal with that at all <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was always kind of in the school that the the punch down was a softer. I mean, I suppose it depends on who's doing the punch down, certainly, but a softer method than a pump over, and kind of generally tried to avoid the the pump over until we started visiting over there, and he was insistent that the pump over was the only way. But I didn't really kind of put two and two together that for him it was really the only way as opposed to the better way. Yeah. Um, and I think you know when you're got different sizes you get different options and that's just the nature of the game i suppose and i think probably you know i think uh tom was talking about a little bit how i was mentioning bucketing over instead of doing punch downs or even pump overs and that probably wouldn't work if my ferments got hotter and were bigger Mm -hmm. yeah i'm a big fan of the old bucket over the pour the pour over yeah it's like you're making making a chemex in the morning uh, no. nice and slow pull. Yeah. it is exactly like that <laughs> well, I think you hit on something very um, very very true which is people tend to describe and it is kind of a from both sides like it's like a, a recursive logic that cannot be denied that the thing that you are capable of doing is the best method <laughs> how people kind of become defensive of like yeah well, of course we do things this way because it's like the only way we can really do it uh, efficiently or effectively and or that's what i decided i like the best yeah no that's uh that that's not a that's not a feature at all of of wineries is people becoming very opinionated <laughs> about a thing that yeah. they just happen to like <laughs> just digging their heels in yeah literally i've always just been so excited something was working and i'm like i can't change it it's working yeah <laughs> keep it the same don't don't teach and then the next year comes and nothing's the same yeah yeah <laughs> oh man that's the uh Oof, the so that I don't I don't know if we want to veer into a whole conversation uh, about farming or stick to the winery side of things for a little while, but that is one of the one of the key elements in my mind of farming is people. The, I've, I always feel like the best farmers are the ones who react to the weather 
that is actually going on as opposed to the plan they came up with before they actually looked at the weather forecast <laughs> and how oh, yeah just farming is not a uh not a thing that you kind of you can really plan one of, out one of my one of my personal struggles at my previous place of employment was having to notify of of, of a you know a pesticide application and to be able to give 24 hours notice even was like too much for me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm not. I, I didn't decide till this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it stopped raining, and I realized I could do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's not always understood in that same fashion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh. No, I think the the most important part about farming is, and I mean, for me, the veering away from the winemaking. It's not you know the winemaking very much in some senses is really still farming uh, you you do certain things and plan certain things a certain way it's just almost like you've moved it inside of a greenhouse because you got a little bit more of a controlled environment to carry out the second half of the job basically yeah oh that's very true it's only it's like you're um i mean you're essentially a microbiologist farming on a hilarious scale just... yeah exactly that's how i look at it <laughs> somebody was trying to uh, i was i was talking to a, a writer uh, a wine writer and they were they were kept referring to me as as winemaker and I'm like ah, I don't know I, I didn't really go to school for that and I don't have a degree doesn't seem fair how about yeast herder yeast herder is so good yeah <laughs> what's yeah shepherd of yeast <laughs> yeah I should have said yeast shepherd yeah. I wanted to get it correct well you, you, it, but I feel more like that yeah. I mean we, at the end of the day we're you know when you're trying to do little yeast mother starts and things like that and wait for it to be at the happy pot or what you deem to be the happy population and then get the juice warm enough before you put it in and all of that stuff you're it's a bit like raising a small lamb or whatever <laughs> maybe even Depending, a goat yeah mm. or a goat yeah. I, I, work with, I work with god's children yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the the, the, the uh, foamy stuff does does look a bit more like yeah the sheep's wool and I guess there's angora goats out there. <laughs> <laughs> the texture too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's there was a a winery up here in Oregon that they're I forget the exact number and I should know it because it's but the their harvest T-shirt one year was uh, something like. 10 to the 9 it was like t 10 to the 9 uh winemakers per liter and it was like referring to the yeast as the actual winemakers i thought i thought that was a great uh sentiment yeah yeah that's funny must have been a big winery never mind yeah <laughs> <Just enormous>. yeah <laughs> cut, cut, cut that they, one out they had so many interns <laughs> no we're crazy. turning that one off yeah. we're actually <laughs> we haven't done trailers for our episodes yet but that's uh that's gonna be it it's just this clip of explaining that we're gonna start doing trailers <laughs> that would be good we're doing a trailer for yeah for not even for an episode behind a paywall just the one that they could just easily be listening to that's uh, on its own that's a very good we should only do trailers for the non-patreon episodes for the free ones yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it might get more subscribers that way they're gonna wonder what's in those paid episodes yeah they can't even listen to a trailer it's just like what yeah <laughs> what are they hiding <laughs> what aren't they yeah. telling us <laughs> yeah all right robbie so i got a question and this could be completely changing but like how a larger question how do you get people to care about wine from virginia that is what i'm working on right now <laughs> that's a very good question why do you think no, he agreed to be super... on the episode yeah. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, we can't help no, with they, that. We have no, we have no power whatsoever. Yeah, that doesn't, that's not helpful at all. Just, everybody, I'm hoping some Oregon guys can accidentally trip and buy some Virginia yeah, wine tomorrow. Everybody listening to this going, they make wine in Virginia? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole point, right? Um, yeah, so one of the most kind of frustrating things about my job this year, which is this will be fun to talk about, is, you know, I try to I try to push a little bit in the vineyard realm in terms of stepping back from using as many inputs as are used commonly in this growing region and, you know, reduce the pesticides as well. And we did a bunch of stuff this year that I that came out pretty successfully in terms of reduction of fungicides and no herbicide in the vineyard for the past couple of years. And it's a big vineyard, so it's not that easy to manage it in that fashion, but we were able to get it done with the crew that we have. And, you know, I'm advertising using these points as a, as a sales point to sell grapes because the vineyard I'm working for, is a, it's a rather large vineyard with a small winery, so he's sell most of the grapes around the state. And, you know, everybody is responding on Facebook about, oh, wow, you didn't use Mancosev, you didn't use Captain, but nobody's buying the grapes <laughs> so it's like at the end of the day the the cheaper grapes are still trump as opposed to you know trying to adjust the quality a little bit and try to make some improvements you're not getting rewarded for that yet and i don't know that you're necessarily getting rewarded for that yet even in the winery i think and hope that times will change a little bit but you still get rewarded most for oaking the crap out of some wine and that to me is nearly a flaw when it's oaked beyond recognition yeah. But that wins the awards in these local competitions, which is, is somewhat of a travesty because we've lost identity in that sense, I think. And we do have a pretty unique identity here with our extremely, what I like to say, passionate climate and growing conditions. Uh, uh, somewhat to, to the point you just made about lo- like local competitions, we, um, to, to commiserate with you about that for a moment, the highest score we've ever gotten for one of our wines, uh, I don't want to say what we submitted it to particularly because I don't want to badmouth them as an institution but um more or less a local sort of uh wine award situation and uh we i think by accident like we just it happened every year so we just didn't not do it in 2020 or with our 2020 vintage which was horribly smoke tainted we just sent that wine in and it got a 96 which is the best score any of our wines have ever gotten (laughs) Sick. And, yeah. We're... Pow- powerful aromas and smells yeah. and tastes. Yeah. They they work yeah. wonders in the competition. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. all these notes about how well it would pair with barbecue. Uh, <laughs> yep. You don't even need to have the barbecue. Just, you just have to eat. Just eat the wine with a spoon. Yep. Just drink it next to a Traeger, and then you'll not realize anything's wrong with the wine at all. Yeah. It's crazy what people like. There's a um. A baseline literacy, uh, literacy is not the right term, maybe, but like there is a disconnect, I think, between what what really intentional farmers and and uh, enologists are trying to do and what people want. Um, and yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, it's just hard <laughs> to to do what feels like the right thing, especially for the ground. Like it's it's unequivocally. What do you guys? What do you guys think the next generation of wine drinkers is is gravitating towards? So I, oh, I, I a good read or, or listened to something interesting the other day, and I was going to expand on that, but I'd love to hear what you guys say. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, 
I I don't I I have my entire life dealt with being uh, t- temporally disconnected from my generation. I you know I have a I'm I'm not a good person to ask that question to. Um, I don't know what the kids are thinking these days. We're not attached to that generation, any of us, are we? Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> not not personally, because I guess Zoomers can drink now. You need to, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I think like from, it's hard. I mean, like the the rosé wave is like totally done. Um, if you look at like sales sales wise, um, and people like are more so focused on like just most people. Yeah, there was like the natural wine thing and the orange wine thing, but I think most people just like drinking like uh, like hard seltzer, honestly. Like right I was, now. I, I was gonna say, large <laughs> majority yeah. of people just drink that shit. Yeah. Um, and if you like want a glass of wine, that would, ex- you, that would explain all the uh, wine enthusiast articles about the seltzers. Then. Right, right, right. Oh god. No, but I, I think like it. That is like, and if you have a glass of wine, you're immediately like, oh, you're a wine person like i'm just drinking a glass of wine you know uh but you're like kind of labeled as that but i think like i don't know if if wine will ever be like it would be interesting like culturally in in america if wine was ever like a young person's beverage it kind of seems like there's always that like association with it kind of being like ah i'm an adult and so i'm gonna drink wine you know rather you don't think that the natural wine error or whatever is has attracted more of the youth well, I mean, like, because because one of the things with the natural wine also is there's the not the same brand recognition and the prices are kind of cheaper, too. Yeah. And then yeah. And the labeling, like it's looks like a kindergartner did the label and it's like supposed to look or, like or, intimidating or, or whatever. Well, if you've been what's that guy's name? drinking kombucha uh, all your life, <laughs> yeah. then it's a lot more approachable. Ralph, Ralph Stedman. Art. Oh, yeah. That's what I was trying to think yeah. Of. <laughs> no, the fear and loathing in Las Vegas art style. Yeah, the big yeah, ink blots yeah, and stuff. That make a- mm-hmm. Yeah, we were somewhere outside of Barstow when the VA started to take hold. <laughs> nice, nice. No, <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know. I mean, based on just the general idea of where like the pendulum goes, like my guess would be like, yeah, within like five years, like Zinfandel and like Big Reds will be back in. You know, like and the younger generation hasn't hasn't seen Sideways. You know what I mean? Like they don't really give a shit about you know what that movie said about merlot um and i think a lot of people will probably i don't know and that's just me guessing like you know what's super unpopular right now okay that'll probably end up like coming back in vogue but i don't know how quickly and i don't know if anybody could have like spotted like rosé all of a sudden being popular or like natural wine all of a sudden being popular but personally if i'd pick i'd say virginia wine is number one on the list yeah it's the next big thing You're gonna you're gonna catch that white claw wave and yep. all of a sudden it'll be distributed all the way across the country. Yeah. Yeah. When uh ninety nine percent of it is consumed in the state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when when are your like your vines like when is your wine? When's your wine coming out? When's the robin? Depends wine on how it, it well, I got I got wine in the works from grapes that are purchased. Mm-hmm. And then I've got uh, the vineyard, but that won't be producing till next year. And next year should be quite small still. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be a a blended thing next year. What are uh, What are you um, growing? I'm just doing Cabernet Franc. Oh hell yeah! I've 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 fought the hard fight with a bunch of other varieties, and being that we're trying, I'm trying not to use the wide array of pesticides available to me. I, I've 
narrowed down the options to just the one. <laughs> I do not think that uh, growing Chardonnay or really anything else in this region is going to bring suitable results in terms of harvest quantities and just not crying my eyes out trying to pick black rod out of everything every single day, all of June and July. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's interesting because like I've had some cab francs that you've made and i'm like damn these are really fucking good and had them next to like loire stuff and like serious loire stuff and i'm like no yeah this is like this is a this is comparable like this is this is there well that's what i mean the loire stuff is really what made me get i mean one of the things that really made me get excited about cab franc because you got a lot of most everybody here wants to make a a meritage style blend Mm -hmm. and the model is usually something californian Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm selling grapes to a lot of these people and they want as many bricks as they can possibly get. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to fix the pH on the back end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through my previous years, the last job, I really learned that there's some pretty unique and interesting flavors that are coming out of the grapes, irrespective of high bricks, for sure. And, you know, perfectly ripe isn't even uh, end all say all for what makes a great wine in the end, I don't think. And a lot of those Loire Valley Cab Francs have that green edge. And maybe sometimes in Virginia and New York, it's a little bit more of an edge. But when we do have some good seasons, I think we're 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 starting to kind of dial in, at least with Cab Franc, on what's kind of possible. And even seeing different flavors coming out of the different parts of the vineyards and stuff like that now, too, when you're vinifying it separately, which is really getting interesting. Because that really gives us, you know, ingredients, even though you're working with one variety. Yeah, well, that, then you can be a winemaker, I guess. You start blending. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing you can offer the uh, on the back end. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, no, I think that's cool. Like the the Chinon to me early on was was a, a, a appellation or, or subregion or whatever it is that uh, I really felt bore some similarity to here more than others in that it was kind of lighter and fruitier and didn't seem to have the intensity of tannins or chalkiness of tannins in the same fashion as something from some more champagne and you know i started shopping around with a bunch of those for a long time trying to just see what they taste like a bit more and try to get the grapes to to that kind of level of ripeness as opposed to what they do in california which is you know i think 2010 we had a year like that that was the last Mm. one maybe the only one i remember (laughs) now that's the other one of the other elements that's making I mean, trying to dial in a, a stylistic identity and discover the um, the potential for making something that is referential to uh, a style with a given varietal that is known. Like, there's clear reference to that, but it is also its own thing, and it you know is of its own place. That's so difficult right now, given the volatility. I can only imagine that the seasonal volatility out in Virginia is as extreme, if not more extreme, than uh, than it's been over on the West Coast here, where, you know, the last... Uh, th- I, <sighs> I mean, I completely agree with that. There's no doubt that the uh, uh, we have some serious swings between vintages. Um, but I do think that there still seems to be somewhat of a common thread linking still a through line from different vintages. Right. Well, that yeah. Uh, you en- you end up kind of like with a tree, but two very different branches. Yeah. Maybe one of those trees has got apples on one side and pears on the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about grafting. Yeah. Oh, that, that's um. But that that's kind of 
that's awesome to hear because that's really what the uh, the goal is, right? Is to find you know to find that through line and to figure out how to how to not necessarily hew as closely to it as possible, but to to maintain it in um, right. in the, different vintage you, you expressions. Want, you want that common identity, I think, in the wines to at least say this is the place or the soil, and that's definitely better than saying that this is the winemaker. Yeah, you know, well, because yeah. winemakers' tools are ingredients and well that's why everything you, else know, is part of the place you wind up with uh winemakers trying to write their signature in oak char uh and other things like that which is yeah i agree with you about the oak oak's a fantastic tool um but it is unfortunate when it becomes the um the overriding dynamic or or the only uh place where there's a dynamic expression in the wine sort of like um is this an hmm is this an appropriate time for a, a John Franco Soldera quote? <laughs> Absolutely. So the oak is is basically a, a, an enormous problem. The only the only uh, I, I can't remember exact words, but basically he he said oak is terrible. The problem is is that it's the best possible container to age your wine in, and he <laughs> abhorred all new oak. So he basically wanted to only have old barrels all the time in his winery, which means you do have to start with some new, but he kept them as long as he possibly could every time. Oh, I, I know some people. I was talking to somebody the other day who um, he works at one of the older wineries in our region and uh, was talking about some of their barrels and how, how old they are and how some of them have mushrooms growing out of the heads and stuff like that. It's like, that that <laughs> rocks. I love that. And that's, yeah, I got a, I got, uh, got a buddy who's uh, from South Africa making wine here in Virginia, too. Oh, nice. And I, I went and visited his winery one time, and he, he showed me one barrel, and he's like, yeah, I've had this one since the beginning when I first got here to Virginia. <laughs> Always, <laughs> he's yeah. carried it with him to, from, from different wineries as he's changed jobs. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that rocks. I love that. No, I, I've more and more, so we've just started being able to incorporate New Oak into our program and uh, feather it in to to the dynamic because we've had once filled but then just sort of um the primarily neutral program and i more and more am becoming convinced that the best the best utilization of new oak barrels is to ferment white wines in and then uh once you've finished fermenting the white wines in them uh use them early on with the reds and then get get red wine out of them and just do that for a couple seasons until they're kind of seasoned in and then age red wine in them but that's not a still testing that theory because we haven't we haven't got a whole lot of new barrels to test it with yet. But have you tried doing a salt bath on your new barrels? Oh, have not. No, I've heard about this, but I haven't done it. Yeah, you could do that. The water definitely comes out when you uh, dump the barrel out. It'll be yellow, so you're getting rid of tannins for sure. Yeah, well, the the for us um, having some like with our Sauvignon Blanc in particular, having the kind of green or not green but like the fresh tannins in there like incorporating as the wine's fermenting um it doesn't wind up imparting a lot of oak flavor but the uh the tannin structure is very um it's it's pretty nice i'm a fan of it (laughs) interesting so your your sauvignon blanc is is fermented in new oak and then it goes into neutral oak or back to tank or uh how does it finish out it well usually one barrel's new uh, that it ferments in, and then most of it ferments in uh, neutral oak, and then okay. we blend it together. Um, kind of not super f- long after fermentation. It doesn't it doesn't sit in oak for very long, 
But the problem with that is that okay. fermenting, uh, then it kind of, those barrels have to go through a season of fermenting other white wine in them to kind of get the Sauvignon Blanquiness out before putting uh, red wine in. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to mellow them back out. What does Oregon Sauvignon Blanc taste like? Uh, really depends on the vintage. It's, um, it's, man, it, uh, it's defining characteristics, mostly sort of a structural, like acid drive thing, but the, uh, flavors range from like kind of fresh cut grass, like that green greenness to passion fruit and like pineapple. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would, yeah, no, I would, I would say that, that the ones that you made, uh, that I've had, um, uh they i don't haven't really there's never like any super overt greenness that i've you know i've had seven blancs from other organ producers that i wasn't really like crazy about but the one pretty much the only one i've liked are ones from from your place and uh it it really you know like on the um robbie on the 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 Dagonal, like the the entry level one it's like the blanc fumé de puy or whatever so, have you yeah. had that one there it's like the acid on it is like it's like fucking hard acid and like <laughs> kiwi like like that like kiwi type of acid yeah on kiwis kiwis is a great note yeah 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 but but not just like i mean aromatics but also like if you just take a bite out of a kiwi and you're like ah man that's like that's zippy it's like that and um but yeah the 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 structure on it is good lord <laughs> Can you hear that? Holy shit! I yeah, uh, I just got a um. Do you ever get those like flash flood or tornado warnings on your phone? Oh yeah, and it's like makes like <laughs> a really horrifying was? sound. Womp womp. Yeah. It's like boop boop, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Uh. It's like yeah, there's a flash. There's an emergency going on. I don't yep. give a shit. I I um, got one of those the other day driving into town, and there was this giant pillar of black smoke directly in front of me, and I was like, "Oh my god, someone's <laughs> house is on fire!" And then I hear the like, wah, wah, and I look at my phone, and there's a notification about a wildfire two towns over, and I was like, "Oh, it's not even about this." Oh wow, that's yeah, crazy. yeah. <laughs> well, continue on my day. Yep. Just yep. <laughs> no, literally, but... literally, the house next to a friend of mine burnt down. It was terrifying. Jesus Christ! Yeah, everybody's all right. Uh, well, yes, but you know, uh, someone's house is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know what doesn't? You know what isn't a a, a tragedy? Uh, that's uh, that it's very oh, good. Okay. <laughs> we're about where we're going with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was gonna bring something up, and I'm like, nah, these guys might make a joke about it. I'm not sure I should bring bring that up. <laughs> Us never. Okay. We're yeah. Anyway, no. it, 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 it was the Amber Alert, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I yeah, didn't know no, where yeah. you guys I, would go with that one. I, yeah, yeah. I thought <laughs> you were gonna yeah. say it. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, I did get one of those the other day, and uh, like the first time I got one of the or I saw that it was like on the highway, you know, and it just had the the light. It's like whatever, and the signs where it's like click it or ticket, you know, one of those fucking things. Which, by the way, I love that they always have like whoever writes those, the ones when it's like a holiday season or whatever, um, and they have like the anti like drunk driving or like the the, the wear the seatbelt ones. Sometimes they're really fucking good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I want to. I want an Are example. Are you talking about the slogans on the back of a taxi? No, 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 no. It'll be like it, it'll say like I don't know. It'll be some like kind of a like a, a one liner that rhymes or maybe it doesn't rhyme. 
but it's like saying basically like don't drink and drive over the holidays and they'll have it on like highways and stuff but sometimes like whoever comes up with them they're like there's some fucking some zingers in there and it's like there's some of them are so corny but you're like damn that's that's tight that's like that's like <laughs> just like the just like the slogans on the back of the taxi <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah i mean it's like a tight five but in one sentence you're like nice all right have you, you have you got any in mind like we're, I, I really want a, an example here of this <sighs> Fuck. All right, I'm going to have to look some up. <laughs> it's not the I've holiday season, unfortunately, I've, but yeah. So my brain just veered into, because like, because it's the wrong season, I've just been thinking of like all of the uh, very anti-abortion billboards that are on the oh, highways are good, yeah. out here, where it's just like, uh, what it, you know, it's just a baby's face, and then it just says, choose life or something like that. And it's like, damn, that's... Uh, uh, or yeah, the one that's like, I always, uh, they I have a heartbeat of however many weeks. Oh, yeah. Or like, yeah, like, uh, yes, yeah, I need some, like, it'll do some anti-abortion thing and then have like a, yeah, we're talking about 9-11 and abortion on here. This is a good episode. It'll just be like, like, <laughs> a, 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 like a, a scared baby with like a black background and it'll be like, you know, this baby was almost killed. Do you want to kill this baby? You're going yeah. to hell or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like he's talking about funny things. Yeah, yeah about click it and ticket. Yeah, like yeah, click it yeah. and ticket's funny. Like that's clever. You know. I mean, I would love to see one of those billboards that's just like a you know a adorable baby's face, and it just says click it or ticket next to it. That'd be very good. Yeah, like all right, here's one. Here's one. This one's not like as good as the other ones, but it'll it'll say like it'll say like don't drive high, and the next thing it'll come up will say like. Only ZD should be baked, or like something like that. You know, that's those, like oh no, like only ZD should be baked. Is uh, that's yeah, that's very good. I can picture Tom driving down the street now, <laughs> smoking his joint and chuckling yeah. to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, damn, that guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, oh, here we go, here yeah, we go. Here's you're one. Just here's turning one. to says, the camera, saying, "Well, then call me ZD." <laughs> yeah, nice. There we go. <laughs> yeah, because I'm cheesing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, yep. one says like, no. yeah. Here's a, a someone took a picture of one. It says Han says, and then and then underneath says solo down, and then the second one says obey speed limits. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but I'm like, yeah. damn, that is so fucking funny. Han says solo down. Yeah, yeah. Obey speed limits. Yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca off the gas pedal. Yeah, yeah, like that type yeah. of shit. Sometimes there's so... yeah, Chewbacca off the gas pedal. Yeah. It's a fucking ten out of ten, dude. You can get that job. I bet. I bet you get a fucking pension. <laughs> Robbie, I cut you off a couple minutes ago. What were you? What were you about to say about billboards? Uh, I, I was just gonna say because the we're talking about the billboard being a deterrent. And this isn't even funny, but I just thought it was this brilliant invention that the Japanese came up with. And, uh, and they didn't have this everywhere because it didn't make sense everywhere. But in, in Hokkaido in Japan, it's like the only place where there's lots of space. And there's big wide roads and lots of distance. They would put billboards up with the cop lights up on top of the billboards. Oh, that's amazing. Just flashing. That's good. Just flashing. And they'd be up there way up ahead. You don't know what that is. So you yeah. have to slow down. Right, right. And then you get so there and brilliant. it's just a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It works. You don't have to make a stupid pun. That's so good. That's you don't you don't, you don't have to give some guy pension. Listen, Chewbacca off the gas is <laughs> that's a, that is that is a gift from God. Is what that is. How dare you try to deprive me of that? 
Well, the, you can bring the two together. There's a real, like, uh, a real just um, marketing yeah, fusion fun, moment. You fun just when put, they get to the lights. Yeah, you just yeah. have the lights on the billboard, and then it is just a picture of Chewbacca with that slogan on it, <laughs> but in Japanese. Yeah, it's like Chewbacca holding, like, now, one of those, like, radar guns. In, in some kind of really messed up Japanglish. Yeah. That makes sense to us, but... It's really ridiculous kind of way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it yeah, but then it's Chewbacca holding like his classic uh, crossbow shaped blaster thing, but it's like clearly a radar gun. Yeah, but it's a radar gun. Yeah, and he's got yeah, a little yeah. cop Perfect. hat on. Perfect. He's got like yeah, yeah, he's got the like British <laughs> police officer yeah, like, yeah, dome yeah. hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's so good. And they replaced the siren whoop whoop with just like sort of a. <laughs> it's just that was a that was a pretty good sound. And it's just playing that constantly, twenty four hours that with a day. Your computer? Twenty four hours a day, it's blasting that sound. <laughs> Every time a car drives by, some poor, some poor bastard living in an apartment right next to that billboard is just going yeah, insane. Yeah. He's like, I was wondering why the rent was so were fine, low, but now there's Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> the real estate agent didn't say anything about this. Yeah, yeah. just it was just listed as uh, if you love Star Wars, you'll love this location. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh man. But yeah, so uh, fucking Cab Franc or something. Right? Cab Franc, yeah. Yeah. More like Cab... It's delicious. Cab Honk. <laughs> cab Honk. Cab. I was going to... Yeah. I was gonna, you, should start a, you should start a taxi company called Franks. It's Cab Francs. Fra- cab Francs, yeah. Yeah. Fra-honks. I was going to start a taxi... I wanted to start a taxi cab company. Yeah. Cab Franks. Cab Franks, huh? Had a French guy. Yeah. Had a French guy named Francois. I was going to drive the cab. No, there you go. It's perfect. And he's selling hot dogs. Out uh, where back. would you like to go? Can <laughs> yeah. I interest you in the taste of winner? And the winner very juicy. Yeah. Welcome. Yep. <laughs> just a, just they, better just than my Virginia one. A whole a whole <laughs> ad campaign that's just a, a French guy named Francois driving cab francs, uh, you know, taxis, just saying, "Welcome to Virginia." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Monticello, home yeah. of Thomas Jefferson. Yep. And um of wine. <laughs> that's where it should end. Yeah. Right there. No other history that you need to know about this yeah, place. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. all you need to know. Wait, uh, Boone, uh, can you can you tell me the uh, uh, I don't know if you talked about it on the show before, but the why Thomas Jefferson um, had slaves for as long as he did. Oh, well, I, yeah, I don't know if we talked about bringing this up. Robbie, maybe you know about this, too. But, like, to my understanding... Because he was broke. Yeah, part of a, a big part of why he was broke and therefore couldn't, like, back up his claims to be against slavery and actually, like, free free the people he owned. Um, he, uh, he was just in incredible debt because of the size of both his library and his wine cellar. So, um, he... On the on the library side, so, like sold his. I think that he even did this while he was president, which is just such an incredible move. Um, <laughs> sold his library to the government to start the Library of Congress, uh, but he couldn't do that with his wine cellar, so he just died in debt and could only free. Um, I think like I think it was. I'm forgetting the exact number, but the the only people he freed uh, on his deathbed were direct blood relatives of his. Um, which is uh, pretty sick, you man. know. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, but 
couldn't he have freed them anyways despite the debt? Well, you know, that's uh or because of the <laughs> that's debt. That's a very good point because, you make there. Be, 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 because of the debt, it's a bit like one of those 160 hectoliter fermentation containers. There's only really one way to manage yeah, this at Thomas this point. Jeff- the situation's just too big and out of hand. In a in a in a in a lot of ways, he he basically introduced winemaker mindset to America where he's like, "Look, this is the best solution because it's the only one I thought of." <laughs> Have you seen how big the wine cellar is? Yeah. <laughs> it's unsustainable I mean, for normal people. Hey, it is. It, the fact that th- that's a very... Have you ever like, had Ecom? Just come on, taste it, you'll understand. That's a very... Uh, that is one of those very bizarre moments of history where like, they opened up his wine cellar and there were bottles of Ecom in there that they sent back to Chateau d'Ecom. This is my understanding, is they sent back bottles that were in his wine cellar and they opened one of them and it apparently was drinking beautifully so you know i thought you were gonna say that he had swapped out the liquid inside for some other stuff just trying to pay back his <laughs> i mean <laughs> it would be great if it turned out that the whole sour grapes like the the whole faked wine bottle it was thing, all thomas it, jefferson it was him all who along. started that yeah it was just him yeah rudy bought the authentic collection yeah from thomas jefferson <laughs> exactly as they were yeah wow that's incredible <laughs> it's all because he wanted to free his slaves i mean that's yeah. really why he oh, did it. god he couldn't just do it as president you know yeah the most integrity of any man who's ever uh yeah wow yeah. hell of a guy real uh who yeah but i heard he's uh i heard he was reincarnated and mm-hmm. uh now he's got a he's actually he's he's restarted his um his his vineyard and winery in, in virginia and um oh god damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> took no, me a second. He's, uh, right yeah yeah no he is he is really a force to, uh, 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 really a really yeah. a tour de force it, it, of, a lot, because of, of it, because it, of it, his it, reincarnated last name people confuse him with a different business venture that uh yeah also uh it, you know it, it would be cooler if he was reincarnated as that who's the 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 ultra rich three brothers oh the coke know, brothers the one of them yeah, the Coke brothers. It'd be much cooler if he was reincarnated as one of the Coke brothers and bought back his own wine. And bought back wine. his own wine. That ended up being fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. <laughs> so, yeah, well. That would be Damn you, Rudy. Right <laughs> you I mean, bastard. If there, are any, uh, if there are any American business people who would share the like, well, yeah, it's wrong, but we can't, we're just, we can't do anything about it because of how our finances are situated. So we just have to keep going with this situation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Perfect. Know. Yeah, it's much like yeah. the Bush family being like, well, obviously it's a tragedy, but we can't stop reading the storybook. Like that'd be, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Robbie, did you did you did you know who I was talking about, or were you just choosing not to engage with that part of the conversation? Choosing not to engage. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I can keep laying down more details in case maybe you. Uh... <laughs> Safely choosing not to engage, sir. This is is Tom laying a trail of breadcrumbs that starts here and ends in litigation. (laughs) Even if we don't say anything directly about this person that could be considered liable or slander, uh, the rest of the episode probably could be just in the fact that... Hey, 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 this whole thing, this whole thing is free speech. It's all free speech. That doesn't extend to liable or slander. As promised to us by Thomas Jefferson. Yes, I can say yes. whatever I want as long as it's free speech. That's true. That's true. And That's this fair. isn't a Patreon episode, so it is literally free speech. It is literally free speech. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow. Incredible. I thought I was going to be on pay-per-view. 
I mean, we could make this baby. <laughs> we could make a review. We've been discussing starting an OnlyFans. Thursday so night. Just do it for this episode. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. One night only. And then yeah. it's free on the internet forever. And then we just we just record enough that we turn this into like a commentary track for uh, Sour Grapes. It's like the yeah, actual story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's very good. What time is it? It's 8.30, and I've commandeered the bedroom from the children that need to go to bed. Oh, ah, nice. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Do you yeah, want us thank to you so much. say your full name and share your brand and Instagram every, information and everything? Do whatever you guys need to do. do. And All right. I what's would, your, I would, what's I would your... love to get back on again and talk more wine stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, we'd love, your... we love to have you back. Fun. We can record on a date that leads to fewer... Um, We'll we'll be recording on December seventh uh, with you again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, in Hawaii. Hey, you better call me and let me know on December sixth. Yeah. Oh, in Hawaii. Yeah. I will yeah. be there. That's the, that was the day of Pearl Harbor, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh yeah, that is. Yeah. No, it's December eighth. Oh, December eighth. Is it? I don't know. Well, see, it lives in know, infamy, there's there's something <laughs> FDR that, was I love wrong. That. You're like, was it about? the sixth or the seventh? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it was the eighth. Are you sure? <laughs> no, I don't know. Hey, look, the point is, uh, the point is FDR when he said it was a date that would live in infamy. Not so much. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Wait, so Robbie, where can can people find you? Where, where, where? Uh, Where people can find me in Charlottesville, Virginia. Nice, your address. Uh, Yeah. At, uh, wait, hang on, social security code first. Yeah, okay. We can find you at Monticello in the wine cellar. (laughs) Yeah. No, you can find me at at at, Podere, at Mark Podere Piccolo. There you go. Nice. There you go. P O D E R E P I C K U P M Y P E N I S A N D P U T I T. Did you just? Are you activating like a sleeper cell right now? Y O U R M O U T H. There goes the bomb. Some Manchurian candidate just just stood up and walked directly out of the room that they were having lunch in. Yeah. His eyes looked foggy. Yeah. Really strange. Just like oh, man. He, he just he was walking with purpose. Yeah, he's just walking onto yeah. a plane. He's not got any baggage. He was going straight to a 160 hectoliter fermentation yeah. vat to show Soldera a softer way to manage the cap. Yeah. There you go. Beautiful. Yeah. He's got a he's got a punch down tool for you. Yep. And so do we folks. That comes on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Punchdown tool is conveniently located at patreon.com slash corktaint. Yep. Go there. We send you a box cutter. We give you instructions <laughs> on how to... How to how. <laughs> we will send you a list of flights, dates, and times. <laughs> yep. This is the episode that got you guys arrested. <laughs> if we're not already on a list... Uh, but God. we had a great time doing it. Oh, we're yeah, on a list. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're on lists. Yeah. Yeah, we're on we're on wine enthusiasts uh, th- uh, forty under uh, forty under forty thirty under thirty twenty under twenty ten under ten actually yeah we're on well right now. I I would like to say right now to the NSA officer list, listening to this mm-hmm. the only list we care about is Santa's naughty and nice list and I'll oh, tell you which you one you're not on motherfucker wow got him <laughs> got him yeah all right goodbye that everybody like the end. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys yeah. <laughs>